eyes. <laughs> so I see a trend. <laughs> I wasn't going to do that, but I had to because it is about eyes. And then I'm like, this is it. People will get it if they heard last week's, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Welcome back to the Modern Lady Podcast. You're listening to episode 58. Hi, I'm Michelle. And I'm Lindsay. And today we are talking about angry moms. Most of us are familiar with the maxim, you can't pour from an empty cup. True that we cannot give when we have needs that are unmet. And yet, how many times do we let ourselves run dry and then wonder why we simply have nothing left to give? A little bit of self-awareness and care in the area of our unmet needs can certainly go a long way. But first, if you are enjoying the Modern Lady podcast, we would be so honored if you could take a minute to rate and review us on whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. It only takes a minute, but it really helps us stand out. When you take the time to comment, it really makes our day. This week's shout out goes to listener My Thumb, who left us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and said, quote, I just really enjoy this podcast. Keep coming back to check to see if there's a new one yet. I think I'll re-listen because they are that good. I feel like I know them and have routine chats over a cup of coffee. I love you ladies." End quote. Thank you so much for your rating and review. We are so glad that you've been enjoying the show so much. And if you would like to leave us a comment, you can do so on our website, www.themodernlady1950.wordpress.com, or you can leave us a comment on Facebook or Instagram, where you can find us at The Modern Lady Podcast. But before we get into today's chat, Lindsay has our Modern Lady Tip of the Week. There's something I've noticed lately within my own family, and it is a lack of eye contact. So I first noticed with my husband, Jason, that he doesn't actually make eye contact when he's telling stories to people, but he does when people are talking to him. This got me thinking about eye contact. Eye contact has always come fairly naturally to me, so it wasn't something that I thought too much about. And this is actually incredibly common, and there's a ton of information about this online. I was drawn to a three-part article published by the University of Michigan, and here are some of their tips for learning how to make eye contact. Number one, use the 50-70 rule. Maintain eye contact 50% of the time when you are talking, and 70% of the time when you are listening. Number two, maintain eye contact for four to five seconds at a time so that it shows you're connected, but that you're not like just staring, which is awkward. Uh, Number three, think about where you are looking and keep your eyes steady. I once heard that you should look at the space between someone's eyes, right at the top of their nose. And it actually appears to them that you are looking them in, in their eyes, but you're not actually doing that. Number four, establish eye contact before the conversation even starts as you open the door to greet people, as you walk into a room, as someone walks towards you, etc. And number five, like with everything else, practice makes perfect. So practice with family and you can even practice by looking in your own eyes in the mirror. Now, one last thing, Pope Francis asked that we remind ourselves of the God-given dignity that all people have and particularly homeless people. He said that we, it's important that we look them in the eyes as we walk past them and we offer them a smile. It's important that we see people and that they see that we see them, that look and say things that sometimes we don't have the perfect words for. Hmm. 
that 50-70 rule is interesting mm-hmm. um, because when we record the podcast, we're actually not looking at each other. Yes. It's more like a phone call, right? Yep. But I do find when you are talking, I'm looking at the computer monitor. Mm. And when I'm talking, I my eyesight, I look up like as I'm thinking and I'm not making quite as much eye contact, quote, eye contact <laughs> with you, even though I can't see you. So... Oh, very interesting observation. And what maybe our listeners would be interested to know that when we were first deciding to do a podcast, we had really talked about, were we going to do it like via Skype, right? Something where Mm -hmm. we could see each other because how do you carry on a conversation without, you have a little broadcasting background, I don't, but when Mm -hmm. you're just doing something like via a radio, right? When you don't get to see who's listening and that takes some practice as we've learned and hopefully we've gotten a little bit better at As human beings, we all have a lot of needs, don't we? Physical needs like food and shelter, emotional needs, which we find in our relationships, amongst others. It seems like it's such a delicate balance we need to strike between meeting our own needs as well as being aware of the needs of others. And on top of everything else we need to do day to day, these needs of ours can easily fall to the bottom of the list and forgotten, right? Yeah. So we've talked before about self-care and it's talked a lot about, you know, it's a really popular Mm -hmm. topic right now, but there was an image that circulated on social media this week that really struck me and a lot of other moms because it was like, are you an angry mom or do you just need these things? And I was like, yes, I am an angry mom. But then I'm like, maybe I'm not. Right. So suddenly (laughs) all of us moms who thought I'm just an angry mom, we actually felt really heard and validated actually reading this very simple infographic. And that was made by a woman named Bryce Reddy. And she's on Instagram at mombrain.therapist. And we just discovered her account like minutes Mm -hmm. before doing this episode. And her um, Instagram account looks like it's chock full of more information like this. So I think you and I are going to be a little busy looking through all that later. Oh, yes. Yeah, we want to break apart this one. I don't know. Is it an infographic, a meme? What do you call that, Michelle? (laughs) Um, I would call it an infographic because there is a lot of information, but it it reminded me, and I think we kind of had a very, very brief conversation about being aware of the underlying issues behind uh, challenging days uh, when we talked about HALT. Was it HALT? Yep. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Yep. Yes. Yes. So I really find that this kind of falls into it. And I'm glad that this is a conversation because I think it's important that we are aware of these needs. Mm-hmm. Um, so often when I'm in a mood, we'll mm-hmm. say, you know, it really does stem from something going on interiorly most yeah. of the time. Right. But I tend to just naturally project it outwardly. And it's it. If it's misdirected like that, it can cause even more stress and more tension because you're creating unnecessary conflict, right? When it could be something easily fixable if we were attuned to uh, some of these things like HALT, like the needs we're going to be discussing today. Yeah, I think sometimes like what you're saying, it's an easy fix. And there are times where there's Mm -hmm. nothing that'll fix it. And you just need to sleep or you just need to like ride through what you're feeling, right? And feel what you're feeling. And there are sometimes where you need professional help. But as we've talked about before, we like tackling some of the things that 
might actually work that are um, easy to do. And that's what this list is. And it, these things might seem obvious, but I've been a mom for almost four, for 14 years and I'm reading going, yeah, all these things. I need all of these things. <laughs> and so that's why we thought we'd share it with you guys. And we will share the original infographic on our show notes and on our social media accounts so you guys can see exactly what we're talking about. But I suspect many of you have already seen it this week because it really has made the rounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's a good one. So the first the first item on her list is we need opportunities to recharge. Um, and there's this delightful in- image of an empty battery. <laughs> <laughs> so right. to me, this one is a little deeper um, than some of the other ones. To me, an actual recharge means unplugging from a few things too. Like, so it's actually a little time away from home. It's time out with friends or a date night with your husband. Things that actually require a little more scheduling, um, mm-hmm. things that are a little harder to do for a lot of us. Um, this is, um, a little deeper than some daily self-care, but it's, I think it's the things that you go do where you truly feel recharged when you come home from it. Like we're talking a couple hours here, right? Not just a hot bath. So I don't know, mm-hmm. Michelle, what do you think about opportunities to recharge? Yeah, you know, I I agree that these are often ones that may uh, the most quickly fall by the wayside because they do require uh, more planning and logistics, right? Um, The one example I keep coming back to is like how long I've been wanting to uh, go on a retreat. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Right? I really feel like I could, uh, that would be a great opportunity to recharge. But as a mom um, and you know, it, it just hasn't happened for me in a long time. And I've struggled, I think, with the fact for a lot of years that these types of opportunities to recharge, they really do need to be asked for a lot yeah. of the time. Yeah. So I would not get them. And I would just be building up this uh, resentment that I wasn't getting it. Uh, but people are not mind readers. <laughs> My husband is not a mind reader. Yeah. You know, the people around me are are busy with their own things and their own lives. So I've been trying to reframe this when I feel myself in need of a time to get out and recharge my batteries, just um, asking for it and being honest, saying, you know what, I need to get out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I find that people are often willing to to help as best they can to make that happen. Okay, the next one um, she talks about is mental stimulation and looking for opportunities to use your mind. And I I find that this is also something too. Um, There's a difference between engaging your mind um, and also just being um, all thought out with daily tasks. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) So you and I love this one. And this is something we actually Mm -hmm. talk about and in a whole other episode. To me, mental stimulation is like you're saying, thinking about things that are beyond our ordinary tasks where you do get thought, like there's only so much I can think about the laundry (laughs) or making kids lunches. Right. And Mm -hmm. so this, this can have a really, really good effect and then we can go overboard on it. So for me, the first thing I, that jumped into my mind is that this podcast in my own life, like this podcast saved mm-hmm. my life. I am not even being dramatic. Same. Like, right? I think so too. Yeah, yeah. me too. It mm-hmm. was like I was standing at the edge of this new season in my life and I'm like, my brain wants to do something. Like it needs something. And, you know, doing this with you, Michelle, has just been given me this amazing opportunity to use my brain use it in a whole new way mm-hmm. than just budgeting or making grocery lists and stuff like that. So we think everybody should have a podcast. <laughs> That's right. Um, right. <laughs> That's all we're saying. Just start a podcast. Um, but no, it's, I'm talking here about like, so listening to other podcasts, uh, reading the classics, not just 
reading, you know, easy read books, like really challenging my brain with older types of literature, uh, Mm -hmm. watching documentaries. You and I, that's why we're friends. Like we love that type of thing so much. We talk, we joke about this all the time that all we do is send each other links to more things that we can be mentally stimulated over. (laughs) But then we also say to each other too much. Like, yeah. (laughs) Okay. Um, I just want to think about making lunches now. Like maybe I don't need to be worrying about the crisis in Iran or (laughs) right. Like there's so much we try to learn you and I, so yeah, it can go a little too far and then you need to then recharge from your mental stimulation. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? um, I found this the case. I remember when I used to work part time in youth ministry and I worked up until my twins were one year old. Mm -hmm. And then I just decided I needed to step back. Um, And I remember my my priest, a good friend of mine at the time, he told me he cautioned me um, to make sure that I looked for something else to fill that void with. Mm. And I didn't really quite know what he meant by that. But over the first year, I really didn't know what to do with myself, right? I was so used to having something else to think about that was different from my um, daily tasks at home. And it was actually pretty intellectually jarring. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Um, So starting to find volunteering opportunities was a big thing for me that were in my particular wheelhouse, which was ministry. So maybe it didn't require the same commitment as a job, but it allowed me to use my mind a little bit and it required me to do some reading, to do some research. And that kind of gave me a, a step back in um, and then combined with the podcast, like what you were saying, I actually, I think a couple of weeks ago, I thought to myself, I'm like, wow, I think I've, I'm close to reaching the capacity for a while (laughs) of new things that I can put in here. And then I thought, wow, that capacity was bigger than I thought it was because it has, it has been going on for a while. And so I am astounded by how capable our minds are of, of constantly growing and evolving. And to me, that's just a very exciting thing. So finding opportunities for mental stimulation, I think, is something easy to do in whatever season you're in. And uh, technology really aids that. And to find, if you're able to, like-minded people who will kind of spur you on. Okay. And so the next point she makes is we need to, uh, often we need to have a sense of accomplishment over something. And that is exactly what you were just saying with how great it can feel as you're learning things, right? At a Mm self-directed pace. So it's perfect segue. But we, again, we've talked many times about how success breeds upon success and how over the last couple of years of my life, I've had many things that I've accomplished and how great that feels. And it's just making goals, no matter what the goal is, right? Whether Mm -hmm. it's losing weight or just keeping your sink clean every night, like it's just making a goal and sticking with it. But something else I find is really important. Um, I am blessed to be in a family. That's God has placed me with children mm-hmm. and with a husband. And Jason and I joke all the time that we hope the whole one flesh part of the sacrament of marriage is legit because we're like, I hope I get to share in his accomplishments. Like when he wins a work award, I'm like, you're welcome for yes. me too. Like we yeah. both won that. Me too. I'll get up with you. Or, yeah. and he says that even with the podcast, he's so proud of us. Mm. He's like, man, I really hope God is uh, proud of me for that too. That whole one flesh thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> because we really want to lean on each other. And Jason tells our kids all the time that when one of us wins, we all win. And when one of us loses, we all lose. And so I'm seeing the sense of accomplishment isn't selfish, that I am, Mm -hmm. again, part of a family. So really sharing in that with my husband and kids is a great feeling. 
Yeah, I love that tying it to the family because you're right. I think sometimes we don't see our families that way、mm-hmm. as an accomplishment, right? But I mean, the family is something that we work really hard at. Yeah, <laughs> many of us, right? Yeah.、Um, and, and so, yeah, to have those kinds of connections and relationships, and know that you are trying your best all the time to foster those in whatever capacity you're able to, you should feel accomplishment over that. Yeah. And You know, and I love too what I'm discovering about accomplishment is that it does not have to be flashy. Yeah. So what you're saying, right? It doesn't have to be huge because for so long I've been the type of person who has tried to run before she can walk. <laughs> so many areas.、Yeah. I'm just like, wow. I want to. Oh well, we were just kind of talking about sewing before we started recording,、yes. right? Yeah. It's like perhaps I should learn how to sew. I don't know buttons onto things. Um, before I take on aprons, <laughs> we were already、oh、selling aprons that you have made that are imaginary. And I know. And, you're right. And you I literally, right? I literally just learned how to sew a button on something this winter. <laughs>、yeah. And I sat down and I studied YouTube videos and I just copied YouTube videos. But I honestly, the sense of accomplishment I felt when I sewed my son's mittens onto their coat because I was tired、mm-hmm. of losing them for the millionth time. But I sewed them on, and I felt so proud. And I'm like, this is such a small thing, but it, it doesn't have to be big. Just looking for little moments of I did this, and and that really does fill something deep within us. So the next thing on the list was food and water for my body. It says, and you know what? I have certainly learned this over the last couple of years, as you guys have followed along on my trying to be healthy journey.、Um, mm-hmm. I cannot deny that when I eat healthy,、um, I feel like a million bucks. Right? Like I literally don't feel like trash. <laughs> like it's、yeah. like there、huh. seems to be no、That's、middle、crazy. ground. Right? Right? I either、yeah. feel like I am flying, like I am on top of the world, or like I can barely roll out of bed. And so,、um, one of those things、um, met, makes an, obviously a massive impact in my life, which is eating healthy. So, when will I learn, Michelle? When will I learn to just consistently do that?、Um, on top of the eating healthy, I have to say I also derive a lot of enjoyment from cooking, and obviously, I、mm-hmm. love reading cookbooks, all types of cookbooks. We love. Trying new restaurants, like food, is a really important part in my life, and I've been working on just developing an, a healthier relationship with food overall. Because, you know, food and not just physically can make us feel bad, but when you have an unhealthy relationship with food, the emotional side of that can have a massive impact on our day. In fact, I have said to Jason, and it took me a long time to realize this, that sometimes when I'm depressed or standoffish with him, it's actually not about him. It took me a long time to realize this. It's actually because I'm feeling so bad about myself. I don't even want to be、mm. close to him. And he always took that as me pushing him away. And I'm like, no, it's because I am so upset with my bloatedness or the way my body's feeling or any of those things. It's actually. One hundred percent about me, and so、mm-hmm. there's so many layers to how food and nourishment impact our mood on a physiological level and on a psychological level. Yeah, you know what? That is so interesting because I think, like you, I was also surprised in these last couple of years, really kind of playing around with.、Um, Just how I eat and what I'm eating, what I'm putting into my body. I didn't realize all of the things that were dependent on your nutrition, right?、Mm-hmm. I think、um, we can get hung up, and and weight is a 
an important part of it, but I was really surprised by how it made my joints feel, how it made, you know, my skin or my hair uh, either shine or be kind of dull looking. Um, I was really intrigued by that. Mm -hmm. But to pay particular attention out of prudence, even what will you eat? When will you eat it? And be wise about that. If something's not working, change it up. So the next one on the list is opportunities for social connection. And I really value my online friendships. I know we've talked Mm -hmm. before about how we have to make sure that it isn't satisfying our inherent need for social connection and like replacing real life connections. But I do think, and this is the reality, and, and this is going to not go away, that we can value the relationships and friendships that we have made online and and see that for what it is and be thankful for that and then still maintain our real life friendships. They both have an important role to play in my mm-hmm. life and I suspect in a lot of our listeners' lives. But one of the things I am starting to do again, and I do this with you and a few other friends, is we're starting to talk on the phone again. Yes. Um, I feel like because I'm in the season where I can get my house clean in ways and organized that I couldn't when I was having all the playdates and all the kids over, I have a lot of work I want to get done, but I still want to have those social connections. So again, let's use technology. Let's plug our headphones in like you and I do, Mm -hmm. pop our phones in our aprons and talk with friends that way. Um, Because when you do have a lot of friends over and social visits, you do kind of put your life on hold and it can be, you know, a lot of friends will come over for six hours, seven hours. Well, I'm losing a lot of time to get stuff done. So I love the idea of talking on the phone again, like we did it in the past, but also getting my, my, uh, my chores done during the day. One last thing. And we did a whole episode on friendships and I think it was a great episode. I, I, I reflect back on that one a lot. I think that it's important to embrace sometimes friendships of opportunity, people that you necessarily wouldn't have not necessarily would have been friends with maybe in your previous season in life, you know, where we could be more choosy with who we wanted to hang out with. I think sometimes mm-hmm. as we get older, we're thrust into situations, um, maybe at a church social or parent groups at school and And you can find commonalities with these people and enjoy a great drink out with them, a good night out, but it's not going to be the same friendships you had maybe in your early twenties and just going, yeah, this Mm -hmm. is great for what it is. And I'm happy I have that. And then maybe in the future, you'll make deeper connections with people that you share more common interests with. But this idea that we can make friends, go out for a drink with them and then, you know, move on is, is really important in this stage of my life. Hmm. Do you know what? That's so interesting because I've often reflected on the friendships of past generations, right? Yeah. Before social media, before technology could connect us um, to people of maybe more of our choosing, right? Yeah. Um, if you were in a community, that was your community, right? And there would be people that didn't really suit or you didn't really get along with over much or they just weren't your speed, but they were part of your group because that's all there was around and I was fascinated just watching how those generations in the past they had more of an acceptance and a tolerance and so I think that friendship was a little bit more balanced like what you're trying to say right there Mm -hmm. might be one maybe two other women that you really felt a deep deep connection to Um, but otherwise everyone was just part of the crowd and you were just part of the crowd and that I think is is really important to remember too that we can often with social media we get kind of spoiled with only choosing yes. to hang out with or talk to a certain kind of people or a yeah. certain 
group of people. And we're really missing out if we're not um, aware of uh, seeking those opportunities for social connection uh, with a vast variety of people from all different kinds of walks of life. Okay, so seeking out opportunities for creativity now is um, another point on this uh, preventing angry mom syndrome uh, arsenal that we're having here. Uh, And you know what, one of the things I was trying to think uh, what I do to be creative, and I think the the podcast for sure, I get to be creative in a technical way, which I really love. Um, But then I kind of broadened it out. And actually, social media has given me a lot of creative outlets in the past few years, in particular with how you word things uh, for captions or for blogging. And uh, I love the photography aspect of Instagram. So many times I'll take pictures and um, like that's just purely for my own pleasure, fiddling with lighting and uh, placements of things. So uh, I really love that. Once again, technology is kind of an aid to some of these needs and we can tap into technology and use them as a as a tool and a resource. I've noticed too I that with technology and Instagram how many other women are creative and I want to celebrate mm-hmm. that. Like I see so many women doing creative things that I have no interest in doing. <laughs> like I am yeah. never going to do crafts. I have never been a craft mom. I will never do them. But I'm talking like good quality stuff where then they start selling things on Etsy. I have a friend that's been making um marshmallows like with different ingredients from scratch every single day she's been on this big marshmallow bender and I'm like oh my gosh this is killing me every time I see these gorgeous marshmallows but these are (laughs) these are moms that are busy who are like I want to try this you were talking about wanting to learn how to sew again like we I feel like I'm inspired again like iron sharpens iron being on social media instead of looking at that and going well I'm never going to do all that like the other moms I look at it and I go great job being so creative. Like it really does inspire me. So uh, again, I don't craft, but I do love decorating. And I look at my house as a continuous project Mm. of being able to express my creativity and my artistic side through design within our home. And the same thing with clothing and makeup and hair. I used to spend a lot more time and money on those things. I, I don't do that now, but I still pay attention to those in my everyday life because it's another way that I used to express my creative side. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And finally, the last one on the list, a need that we need to address often is this feeling of needing intimacy and feeling known by the people around us. I think this one's really interesting because I think that there's three different um, paths for this. So the obvious one is my husband, right? Like Mm -hmm. physical intimacy Mm -hmm. with him and feeling known by him. And my favorite thing about my relationship with Jason is the longevity of it is the 20 years we were driving home last night with the kids and we were playing music from the early 90s and we just knew what the other person would have been listening to in 1992 like there was just such a a closeness like deeply knowing each other and I would start one song and we would make eye contact and I knew what his memory was of that song you know like mm-hmm. and and that is a great feeling that that closeness of truly feeling known is amazing. Now, the next place where I have that is with a few close girlfriends. You know, I I have a best friend that I've been best friends with longer than I've been with Jason. We've been best friends for 25 years. Same thing happened on the weekend where we have so many shared memories. We don't know if it was her memory or mine. Like we constantly have to be like, did that happen to you or me? 
And I was able to send her a photo of somebody we remembered from high school. And she knew, like, I didn't have to write anything. And this is 25 years ago. And she, she was right on board. So there's a, there's a piece with that, that just knowing that I don't have to say a word and she knows exactly what I'm thinking. But there's another person that we, if you don't have a marriage like that or a best friend like that, you have a relationship with God like that. And so Mm. that's the third part in my day where you can just sit in prayer. And I just say so many times while I'm praying, um, you know, what's in my heart. Like, I don't have the words for this and God, you know, our loving father does know what's in our heart and in my heart. And so I really lean on that relationship as well. Have you seen that photo? (laughs) You know, those letter boards that are so popular right now, um, where all Mm -hmm. the moms write the cute messages on them. Have you seen the one where it just says, dear Jesus. And then they just poured all of the letters, (laughs) like a big jumbled mess (laughs) on the board. And then it just says, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, that is. Like my prayer life, right? And it's so many people's yes. prayer life, which is why we all get it. And so you might not have that intimacy right now. And there are so many people who don't. There, There's a, a, a news story about a grocery store chain that is actually training their staff to have longer interactions with the people that they're ringing through because they don't have that chance to talk or be like intimate Mm. in conversation with anybody else in their lives. And there are like hugging groups because people don't have somebody they'll go through. And I mean, we see this in policing, the houses Jason goes into, people will have six, seven months, but they haven't had somebody touch their hand. Like there's such loneliness in this world. So if you're listening to this thinking, well, Lindsay, I don't have a husband like that. I don't have a best friend like that. You do have God and really turn to him because I still need that relationship with God as the foundation of those other intimate relationships in my life. Okay, it's time for our What We're Loving This Week segment of the show. So Lindsay, what have you been loving this week? Well, you remember when we went to Value Village, one of our local thrift stores, um, a little while ago, a week oh, yes. ago, and we were both blown away by this book, this vintage book called The Women's Day Encyclopedia of Cookery, right? And they only yep. had volume mm-hmm. one and they had volume three. And we spent way too much time until the store closed um, looking through <laughs> volume one and volume three. And as I was trying to decide where to spend my $4.99. And um, <laughs> we ended up going <laughs> with volume three because it had the Christmas section in it, right? It was letters like mm-hmm. C, the beginning of the C's. Anyways, I bought volume three, loved it so much, rushed right back and bought volume one. And so basically this, what I'm loving this week is this shameless plug to say, if anybody has the rest of the copies of the <laughs> Women's Day Encyclopedia of cookery. I need all of them. It is a fantastic book. I'm actually on an encyclopedia kick in general. And there's been a Mm -hmm. lot of talk about encyclopedias in general. I actually miss that. I don't want to Google anything. I kind of feeling like I want to buy an entire secondhand set of encyclopedias for my kids. Because the idea of just flipping through and learning little bits here and there is exactly how my brain works. And so to have that for cookery, is blowing mm-hmm. my mind. So in the A's, it's like Austrian cooking. There is a three-page article on schnitzel, Michelle. It was everything wow. I didn't know I needed. It was just, <laughs> these books are amazing. So I've shown them a lot on Instagram. If people are interested, I'll show some more on Instagram. But I, the Woman's Day Encyclopedia of Cookery is what I'm loving this week. Mm-hmm. And you're welcome because I found that. <laughs> Yes, I'll let you, you have did. that. Thank remember? You. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, I'll share them back with you. We will. Good yeah. friends. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, what have you been loving this week? 
you know what? I just finished a book um, by an author I've read in the past. And so I'm just going to say that the author is who I'm loving this week. Mm. And that is a woman named Judith Pella. I don't know if you've ever heard of her. No. She writes... She writes mostly historical fiction. Um, there's a little bit of romance involved in it and also with a Christian slant. So mm. I really appreciate her um, her writing. And it, she, I've had one of her series for a long time. It's called The Daughters of Fortune. And this series follows three American sisters. And they kind of go on their separate journeys through World War II around mm. the world. And that has always been one of my favorite series. Each book focuses on one sister, but you see the other sisters in the peripheries of each book of the series. Um, so, you know what? I grab her books when I want something comforting, but it's still interesting because there is more of a historical fiction element in genre. And I'm just finishing up one of her books. Um, it's called Bachelor's Puzzle, which is a a quilting pattern I learned <laughs> and I'm in I just really enjoyed the intrigue uh there's a bit of like a hidden identity plot line um it's an interesting look at what daily life was like and in, in the west when they're first starting to settle the west because that's the time period the story takes place in and also to how women relied on each other so this kind of goes back to our conversation about um just appreciating the people who are immediately within your community mm -hmm. uh, because truly during that time like the people who settled near you those were your people yeah. despite yeah. differences despite conflict because you really needed one another to survive even so that was really interesting to read about too so they're um yeah they're her books are just quick they're really easy to get into and she judith pella she's just a wonderful comfort read Okay, that's going to do it for us this week. If you want to get in touch and chat with us about our topic today, you can find us on our website, www.themodernlady1950.wordpress.com or leave us a comment on Facebook or Instagram at The Modern Lady Podcast. I'm Michelle Sachs and you can find me on Instagram at mmsachs. And I'm Lindsay Murray and you can find me on Instagram at lindsayhomaker. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week and we will see you next time.